What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast, that shit show that you know and love every <laughs> week. And Joe, we're on week two of Black, Black History, History Month. Month. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And who are we talking about this week, Joe? Henry Louis Wallace, the Taco Bell Strangler. I love it. I love that alias. And I love that this is a, a local boy. A local boy. Yeah. Yes, indeedy he is. Now, Joe. We 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 went through about a strep throat this week. Yes, Dreadheads. Yes. We have been getting hit by everything other it's than It's the COVID. weather. And it's been crazy because we had the flu, what, like right after we came back from, from yes. Christmas and New Year's. And then we had like two freak, I don't know if it was like back to back. No, they were close to together, but I don't know if it happened right after we got better. Um, but we had like snowstorms on the weekends, like two consecutive Ugh. weekends. And then the weather decided to want to go, hey, we're, it's going to be 80 now. It's going to be 70 now. It's going to be in the 20s. And so here we were. Getting yeah, you, you need like one of those like Canadian goose down jackets and like some really <laughs> those good are removable short... layers. <laughs> yeah, and like some short shorts, but then also some fucking long johns, maybe some snow boots or some sandals, depending on what the Carolina. I love the Carolinas, but fuck this weather, this, weather this is fucking terrible. year, bull fucking shit. Yeah, but yeah, we went and got some of that uh, barely affordable U.S. FDA approved fucking <laughs> chemicals to pump through our fucking Mops body. We're feeling a little bit better, but we didn't want to. It's Black History Month. We, we had to hold the it accomplishments, down. but also the sacrifices. And then Black <laughs> History Month, no matter your race or your gender, whatever the fuck, everything, it's a month your about identities. giving up. You give 110%. <laughs> and that's what we're doing tonight. We didn't want to skip it. So we're going we're gonna to skate through this introduction. Yes. We don't have any shout outs or donations. Believe me, we, we, we covered all that last week. And. As we've all said, most of the people who like us are poor, uh, or they like us up until the point where they have to put their money where their mouth is, and we still respect all of y'all for that. That's fine. And I have poor, a piss-poor response time, so I'm right there with you. Uh, we did not get around to shipping out the other stuff from last week, but we'll hopefully get, we'll get we're going we'll to get to it before this upcoming we'll, weekend. We'll get to that. I was going to do, you jump the gun over My there bad. because you're Asian, uh, and you were like, ooh, white boy, I'm better. <laughs> uh, so, but let's, for all the newbies and all the, yep. the old heads, Joe, where's the best place to check us out? Spread the Dread Podcast. And what are they going to find there? Direct links to the most popular podcast uh, streaming platforms as well as our social media, our donation tiers, and our merchandise. Absolutely. And um, again, um, that also you can check us out email-wise at spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Now what Joe was going into is that on the last episode, Samuel Little, which the numbers were fucking brutally great. Yeah. Thank all of Dynamite. y'all so fucking much for that. Great first week fucking response for Samuel Little. Uh, we said that hopefully all the uh, the five-star super spreader stickers were out. Did not happen. We, we got fucking shellacked here, and then we got sick. So, again, as we've always stated, we give away free stickers. For five-star reviews, whether that's on Apple and now on Spotify. So if you have Spotify or Apple, go to those apps, leave us a five-star review, screenshot that shit, send it to us on IG, Facebook, or Gmail, along with your mailing address, and we're going to send you a couple of five-star super spreader, spread the dread podcast stickers. We have, oh, like five or six going out this upcoming weekend. I'm going to say by Saturday or Sunday. We're going to finally get around to doing this shit. Yes, yes. So if you've been holding on, A, I don't know why. <laughs> Complete fucking stupid thing to do. It's not, I mean, we're, we're, 
we're awesome, but we're not that awesome. We're that awesome for <laughs> sure. But go ahead and get your five-star reviews in. Send it over to us on IG, Facebook, or Gmail, and we're going to get those stickers out this weekend. For the ones that are waiting, we are sorry. We, we just, again, we got super busy, and then we got super sick. And then we also found out that the newest member to the Dreadhead yes. family, we found out the That's sex of girl. Joe's baby. Oh, mine jo- only now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to wait until she pops out because when Cub and Fox came out, it was immediately apparent. <laughs> if I'd asked for a DNA test, they would have literally sent a Polaroid over. Um, but we're going to see. So everyone, if you haven't checked us out on IG and seen the announcement, A, you need to fucking follow us and get the lead out. Uh, Joe is officially pregnant with our our one and only princess, <laughs> Little Miss Zuzu Bailey, Bailey Rawlings. Yep. We got those results in, and as a dad, I am fucking tickled pink. She's going to have <laughs> nothing but pink and purple and skulls everywhere because <laughs> I want her to be a princess who wants to watch an Cannibal Holocaust with me. <laughs> Huh? I said your edgy little princess. Yeah, total fucking edge princess. I want her to be like, oh, I, I, let's let's make cupcakes and watch Halloween, <laughs> and I'm gonna wipe a tear away from my proud fucking eye and be like, yes, doll, let's let's oh, do it right now. Let's so give each other makeovers broke. and watch the the first three Hellraisers. <laughs> But yeah, so that's all the news here. Joe, is it time to get on to the episode? Fuck yeah, it is. It is time to get on to this week's episode where we're talking about, as we've said already, week two of Black History Month. We're coming in stronger than ever with Henry Louis Wallace, a.k.a. the Taco Bell Strangler. So, Joe, let's do this like we always do it. When I kick it over you so that you can do the bio that only you know how to do. All right. So let's get into it. Henry Louis Wallace was actually born November 4th, 1965 in Barnwell, South Carolina. South Cackalack. Come on and raise up. Take your Represent. shirt off. Spin them around your head like a helicopter. That's how white people do it. And in Black History Month, I didn't want to appropriate P.D. Uh, Pablo. Okay. He I'm is- being respectful. Joe, don't you dare snicker at me just because you have mixed blood. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You muggle. Um, currently awaiting execution at Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's currently 65 years old. He has nine confirmed murders and 11 confessed murders. Yes, so this is a, this is one... When, when all this stuff took down, uh, went down, Joe, I don't think you were down here yet. No, I didn't move down here until 2000. Yeah, so, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a South Carolina boy, you know, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days, uh, you know, chilling out, you know, relaxing and stuff. And <laughs> Maybe I wasn't shooting b-ball because I was always short and fat, so uh, everyone was trying to fucking make me hook a football at him. Through my legs, obviously, not a quarterback, because, again, short and fat. Um, but, yeah, so... I had never heard of this guy. Uh, now, of course, you know, my, my dad never gave us satellite until he figured out how to steal it. Um, so we had, I, you know, I fucking love my dad. But, but so we had local, you know, all we had was local channels. So maybe it was on the background. I just didn't pick it up. But I had never heard of this cat until I went through it. And specifically, he wasn't even on our list, our big list. Yeah. Um, I think out of all of the actual, uh, like killers we're covering this month for Black History Month, 
the only one that may have actually been on our list before that was maybe Samuel Little. I know we we have a few other African Americans on there. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the I can't yeah, I'm not hundred percent, but I really I, I think you're right. I know for a fact Henry Lewis Wallace wasn't though. Yeah. I, and I know for a fact the next two were not. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so so I was really when I when I was going through and, and, and was researching who to do for this fantastic month. <laughs> I, w- I was like, holy shit, fucking hometown boy. Yeah, let's fucking do it. And literally, he would have been week one. But, I mean, if, if you haven't listened to the Samuel L. Or the Samuel Little uh, fucking... Go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. The fucking stroke, choke, stroking killer. Uh, I, he had to go first, because motherfucker is goat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm telling y'all, if you haven't heard of Henry Louis Wallace, fucking buckle up, buttercups and bitches. We're going in. Joe, let's start off like we always do after the bio, obviously. Yeah. And let's 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 talk a little bit about his childhood. Foundation. All right. Oh, so yes. The where to go on over his birth. The wet cement theory. Shut <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, he got, was born in Bournemouth, South Carolina. His father left um, while his mother, Lottie Mae Wallace, was pregnant with Henry. And yes. so, of course, you know, that makes the mother have to work like long hours at a, well, at her job at a tech, as a textile worker. Um, just so she could take care of Henry and his older sister, Yvonne. So, all right, while I was doing the research on this, again, you're pregnant and in nursing school, so if anyone's like, boy, these episodes have been really going downhill, that's because I've been doing the research, everybody, <laughs> and Joe hasn't, so I'm sorry. But it, I, from what I could see, uh, Yvonne, Henry's older sister, and him had the same father. Oh. So I found it kind of curious that he he went through everything uh, when uh, Lottie Mae was pregnant with Yvonne, gave birth and was still around, but suddenly it was just like, all right, no, two, I can't handle this or or whatever, and then he bounced, and I was kind of was like, all right, like if you were one of two siblings, again, I'm assuming they had the same father here because I saw nothing. To the contrary, mm-hmm. nothing stating it exactly, but nothing to the contrary. Would that not kind of fuck you up a little bit? That okay, Dad was oh, around. You're the straw that broke the camel's back. You're the right. reason why Dad left. Right, and I mean to for also like, how would Yvonne feel towards Henry? Mm-hmm. Would would she be like, you you ran off, Dad? Everything was fine till you showed up. Yeah, but I mean, depending on like the age of you know. When they when he left, I doubt that they would have looked at each other and blame. Right, but I mean, you know, like, I mean, at least subconsciously, maybe. I mean, maybe they didn't, but you could almost, uh, especially as children, I wouldn't blame him if he was. I just don't think it plays right. Out the, in the, the the folly of childhood to to put two and two together and be like, if I was Yvonne, be like, well, me and my mom and my dad were cool, and then Henry shows up. Yeah. And it all fucks up. And then also from Henry's point of view, oh, picture perfect happy family until I show up and then the motherfucker had to bounce. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was still pregnant with him at the time when like he decided to skedaddle and and then right here it says the mother was a harsh disciplinarian. Yes, she was. So if that was the case, maybe she had a little bit too much attitude that second go around and that's the reason he bounced. I, I, I mean at the same time too, <laughs> I mean, suddenly you find yourself as a single mom. Yeah. You know what? You know we're talking about in the in the, in the mid '60s, different time and everything like that. You know what is harsh disciplinarian 
when we're looking at it through 2022 lenses okay, versus, you know, in yeah. 1965. But now we're going to get into some examples where I would say if even if I was in the 60s, I would have been like, yeah, not, that's not good. Uh, because per Carmita Alberis, uh, which was Wallace's state-appointed psychiatrist during his trial. Um, now, again, we have to remember, she's getting this from Henry Louis Wallace. Henry Louis Wallace is a murderer. He is a fucking monster, as we would get to. So take what she says with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, she told the jurors, though, again, this is Carmetta Alvarez, Wallace's state-appointed psychiatrist, told jurors in the trial uh, of a mother who would sometimes force her son and daughter to beat each other with switches. Now, if, if you're not from the South, you may not have heard the term of a switch. <laughs> Did you know what a switch was growing up? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so maybe yeah. it's not a Southern thing, but that's when you get a nice little whippy little bush branch almost. You're not going to get that off the tree. fucker better be green. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, it needs to be healthy. You better have cut down a fucking limb in the prime of its fucking life. And if it's not long enough, and Ooh, if it's not whippy enough, you're getting double. The one that your pants finds is going to be bad. Yeah, so I don't know where this fucking, I mean, these motherfuckers, when they re- read Spare the Rod, they <laughs> said, oh, Rod, that's what my bushes grow, right? <laughs> I don't know where this shit came from. <clears throat> My my mom, my big old R.I.P. mom, my big old fat Southern Baptist mother, she would lay into me, but it was paddles and belts. <laughs> Never did she just go to nature and let God guide her, her towards whatever implement of destruction. My dad had done it once or twice when he wasn't at home, but I had gotten in trouble. So You got switched? Yeah, I got switched. How bad was my it? My cousin Jenny's house, uh, me and my cousin were trying to actually get onto a horse in the, the, her neighbor's pasture, and uh, my dad caught us. And, you know, obviously we were like eight, nine years old, but we could have gotten fucking kicked to death because we didn't know nothing about a horse. Right. So, yeah, dad forced me and Jenny for- got forced by her dad to go pick her own fucking switches. She got taken out to the family barn and I got taken to behind the shed. And, yeah, we got her fucking legs and asses laced up. I love the fact that, that happened in Illinois. Uh-huh. And I'm from Southern South Illinois. Might as well be Kentucky or Tennessee. Honestly, when you hear a story like that, and I won't even say Tennessee, I'd say Kentucky. <laughs> Like, well, Tennessee's got Memphis and Nashville. What is what does Kentucky have? Paducah, Paducah. right? You know that fucking <laughs> shitty buffet that you got so excited that we fuck. What was that buffet called? I think it was the Ponderosa. The Ponderosa it was on awful. the way to visit your. And you're that like, was oh my so god, bad. I haven't seen a Ponderosa in years, yeah. and I was immediately at, within like the first bite. I was like, this is awful. It was that this place was really terrible. bad. We're, we're not gonna talk about that. There shouldn't there shouldn't be a porno peddling truck stop that you've seen for several miles back via billboards this close to a family buffet (laughs) and i was right but anyway back to henry lewis wallace he was constantly criticized joe uh again this is all per him yeah there is no there is no accounting of it from the time yeah but uh per him he was constantly criticized uh for even the smallest mistakes His, his childhood home had no electricity or indoor plumbing. So, you know, uh, Miss Lottie Mae, God, God rest her soul for all of her mistakes, but she, you know, she was getting it by, but she just had the roof and that was it. Yeah. Uh, but now Henry Louis Wallace, Joey, did go uh, to Barnwell High School. Funny enough, he was elected to the student council. That, that's fine. He was also a cheerleader. So he could be sociable. 
I don't know. I, believe me, you guys know the Dread is an equal opportunity offender. But let's be honest, even in 2022. But, say, but being poor and getting your ass laced does not set you on this, like, destined road to be a fucking serial killer. So it sounds like he had a, a relatively, like, normal childhood. I'm sorry, but, like, me and my brothers, yeah, we were always told to, like, whoop on each other if we did, somebody else did something wrong. So I don't feel that's abnormal. And growing up poor is not abnormal. So. That's fine. I want to get back to him being a male cheerleader. <laughs> because but, as but you need the, you need that bottom strength. Power bottom strength, the, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. On those pyramids, maybe. Well, what kind of pyramids? I don't know. The cheerleader pyramids. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't you know and, You and I that. have been to some weird parties, Joe. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Not that weird. Cassie, don't you dare message us about this. But... Yeah, so but I I did read some and put in the notes that there was some speculation, yeah. like amongst his peers, like if he was gay. Mm. Because I mean, honestly, let's uh, come on now, Joe. You see male cheer? I know. Now we're not talking like collegiate level shit. Because if you see like the cheer competitions and stuff, I mean, they may be gay. It's fine, whatever the fuck. But I mean, they got like brute dudes out there because they're doing some really complicated shit yeah throws and shit man right so you know and and like i said maybe maybe that is all it was just wanted to point it out it's 2022 even joe rogan's getting canceled right now so i'm gonna move right the fuck along before i say something wrong and joe let's get into henry lewis wallace getting out of high school so wallace he gets out of high school in 1983 and he becomes a DJ for a local Barnwell radio station. Uh, he was known as the Night Rider due to his smooth voice. I mean, I'm wet. <laughs> right? Splurge. Dude, you, right? Just a little gush. Just a little, just a little mushy tushy. Put a little, ta- put a little towel under me. Oh, God. And, and, and from what I saw, like, others gave him that name. Like, you realize how fucking smooth and sultry you must be for others to refer to you as the Knight Rider? Yeah, but I mean, it's a local radio station. Where the fuck's Barwell, South Carolina? You let one person (laughs) that I've never met, may never meet before, hit us up on IG and be like, your voice is really smooth. I'd call you the Knight Rider. (laughs) I'm going to take a screenshot of that and I might even print it out. (laughs) Continue, Joe. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> well, luckily, uh, he was actually at least caught uh, and ended up getting fired because he was stealing records. Yes. Now, this is other than killing broads. Henry Lewis Wallace loved to steal shit. <laughs> and this is the first instance of it, but it will not be the last Joe. So he, he has no he, he's doing the DJ thing. Didn't it's not really, doing the DJ thing long. <laughs> no, but at the same time, he wasn't really having any luck with college and, and solid job prospects or anything like that. So uh, in 1985, uh, Henry Lewis Wallace actually joined the Navy. Now, he served for eight years, got to travel all over, all over the world and stuff with the Navy. Um, you know, which, I mean, obviously there is a joke to be made about him being a male cheerleader and joining the Navy. We've all heard the Village People song. <laughs> I'm not being offensive. They were. Uh, he also actually earned praise for his service. Huh? I, by all accounts, he was a very good, I, I don't know what, Navy corpsman? I, I, I don't know. I know everyone. I don't oh, know the I, You know, if you're in the Navy, we love everybody who serves because you know, I'm not going to do it. If you've seen 
me from the chest down. You know, I'm not fit to serve. Um, and if you see any, of, if you've heard me talk about any of the stuff I'm into, you know, like, I, I feel bad you guys defend my freedom. But here we are. Uh, but yeah, he was, by all accounts, very good in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, he actually married a former high school sweetheart of his right around the same time as joining the Navy, Joe. Um, and that leads us up to 1992, yes, Joe. Yes, and this is where Wallace would commit a b and That's a breaking and entering. Yes, sir. Near the naval base he was stationed at. That means he did not walk or drive <laughs> very far to commit the crime from, uh, from whence the area he lived and was yeah. stationed. He was dismissed from the Navy for the crime, but due to his service record, he was honorably discharged. Yes. So I, at least he busted his ass enough in there to, you know, to be of some merit. Right. Um, now, right around the same time of his dismissal, Wallace's wife divorced his ass. And I don't blame her because this is a lot of fucking shenanigans he's already getting himself into. Um, after his dismissal and the divorce, uh, they he ends up moving back. Wallace ends up moving back in with his sister and mother in Charlotte, North Carolina. Which is where I, I again, everything we hear about Henry Louis Wallace's bad childhood came directly from Henry Louis Wallace. And mm-hmm. it came from him post-arrest, during trial. Yeah. Was it so bad? I mean, are, what, I mean, obviously, my whole thing is, I mean, you're in the Navy for eight years. You're not, I mean, trust me, I'm of the mind that our armed forces, cops, teachers, paramedics, firefighters, all of those people are nowhere near paid enough. But, I mean, it's not like he's earning a pauper's wage. So, I mean, I don't know if during the divorce she was able to take a lot or whatever, and he was just like, but... For him to suddenly go back to an environment that, per him, during his trial, set a foundation for kind of the monster he would become as far as the way he where was treated during his childhood. The, where else was he going to go? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's tons of service members. I mean, you know, I'm both of my older brothers, one's in the Army, one's in the National Guard. But you tend to go with family, especially if you're still trying no, to get on your... No, they don't. They tend to have enough money... God love you. Jay, if you're listening, you know I love you, buddy. He's on his third divorce. He's never had to move back home. Oh, I give you that. Yeah. You know, so that's but they weren't this they weren't honorably discharged. I'm just talking about this cat's got nowhere to go. He is divorced and he's lost his job I guess too, because both of them are still active and, yeah. and Jay and Jacob, if you're listening. I love you and I know I'm the weird brother, but I, I love the fact that y'all listen, so love <laughs> you, buds. But on top of that, it even says on the next line that um, he was unable to hold a steady job before finally becoming a manager at a Taco Bell. I mean, so have you tried Taco Bell? <laughs> I fucking love I would Taco be, Bell. Yeah, I do too. And that's why I they would have to roll me. Yes. They have to roll me to my car. Yeah. Within like the first two years of me <laughs> managing that place, they would come, they'd be like, look, we, there's a lot of food that's being dispensed and not profit coming in and i'm just sitting there looking like fucking fat bastard from austin powers and i'm like i don't know (laughs) well to add insult to injury on this one he gets this job at taco bell as a manager and right around this time he starts using crack cocaine you know what though to be fair if i was managing a taco bell and i was around all that taco bell all day you know what crack cocaine helps with not being hungry If it wasn't for all the notes I have on so Henry he was Lewis Wallace, naturally remedying his addiction. To be fair, he's a victim of his own vicious cycle. <laughs> if I didn't have all the other notes after all of this, I'd be like, he was doing the best that he could 
to try to help himself out of his Taco Bell addiction. So that brings us to kind of his event horizon. Um, May 27th, 1992, he becomes a murderer. and He's, his- he's got the Taco Bell. <laughs> All the Taco Bell he could eat. He's living in Charlotte. Charlotte's not too far from us. I love Charlotte. Nice little mini metropolitan that's quickly fucking... Fuck, it may be a top ten city in the U.S. now. Uh, uh, and he's got crack! What Taco more Bell can crack and living in Charlotte. Henry Louis Wallace is a man of excess. <laughs> and he's got it all. He's got the crack. He's got the Taco Bell. He's got the Charlotte. Now he needs the murder, Joe. <laughs> so take us to it. All right. So first uh, victim, Sharon Nance. Uh, she was leaving her aunt's house. Uh, you know, uh, last thing they ever saw her was a black dress. I put the date dress. of her murder in there. You should at least acknowledge it. I thought I said it. May 27th, 1992, his first victim, Sharon Nance. I thought I said that first. My bad. If you didn't, eh, my bad. then I'm sorry. I was thinking about all the all, being able to eat all that Taco Bell. <laughs> and then the needing the crack cocaine <laughs> to counterbalance all of that Taco Bell. <laughs> so, like, I can either itch a lot, or I could be constantly hungry for those cheesy gordita crunches. <laughs> and gorditas are Spanish for chubby girl. And I like thick chicks. <laughs> So that's just knocking on a lot of problems for me right there. <laughs> Damn you, Taco Bell! <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, anyway, so uh, she was at her aunt's house before she left. Um, they counted or said that she was actually wearing a black dress. And uh, she had actually talked about going out with some friends that evening. Yep. Um, now, when she didn't return and she hadn't called and did a check-in with her aunt, um, Linda Nance, which is her aunt, knew something was wrong. Yep. And a week later, TV reports showed that police finding a woman's body that was found in a black dress. Um, she had actually been beaten and left beside uh, Roselle Ferry Road. So I've, been on, Rose- I've been yeah. on Roselle Ferry Road. Yeah. Uh-huh. To my knowledge, it's been a minute. That's the road that leads you up into Belmont. Yeah. Well, no, it no. It used to be a rough area, but like. It was when I was there. Yeah, but I, I think was it's... at a certain store I worked at, and I was an assistant manager, and an employee needed a ride. And I was cool as long as he was in my car. <laughs> the moment he got out of my car, I felt like everyone was staring a lot. And this was like 1030 at night. And uh, literally the best thing I could think to do, I turned my radio off. I smiled, and I waved a lot. <laughs> He's so fucking stupid, Jonathan. I'm just really white. Like, it's not even, I'm sure someone's like, that's, you know, you know, I don't know, systemic. It's not. I'm just like one of those, like, I, I, it was really one of those, like, I'm not a cop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm white, and, you know, and I got frosted tips in my hair, but I'm not a cop. I'm not even under fucking cover. I'm just, <laughs> I am way weaker than all of you. I'm so sorry. I'm oh just leaving God. now. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I guess was, it worked. I mean, you're here. I did. You know, I'm pretty sure they they felt sorry for me. <laughs> They're like that white boy is overdoing it. But that's the first one, Joe. Yeah. Now I kind of broke down our notes in terms of timelines. Yeah. Because luckily, uh, and you don't always get this with a serial killer, but with uh, Henry Louis Wallace, there's a very distinct timeline of everything. So now. We're going to go to to roughly two weeks later, Joe. Mm -hmm. On June 19th of 1992, uh, Wallace used a stolen key to enter the apartment of his uh, current girlfriend, Sadie McKnight. Now, I just want to go ahead going forward. Through all of this shit, everything you're going to hear up until his arrest and all that other shit, 
just in case I, I didn't do the notes right, Sadie McKnight is Henry Louis Wallace's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Anytime that's mentioned, it is Sadie McKnight. I don't know how she didn't know shit was going on. That's always the thing everyone wants to say. I mean, nothing was ever brought home. I, I guess so, yeah. And so, I mean, again, he's working at Taco Bell back then. I don't know if Taco Bell was 24-7. I doubt it. A lot of places weren't in the 90s. But they were probably at least, you know, till midnight, stuff like that, especially with fast food. So him keeping kind of wonky hours and shit may not have been a big deal to her. Yeah. I don't know. But he went into the apartment of his current girlfriend, Sadie McKnight. This is before they were living together. And her then roommate, Caroline Love. Wallace had actually stolen the key from Sadie McKnight, Joe. Yeah, his girlfriend, now, yeah. yeah. Now, no one was at home at the time uh, when he actually, well, I say break in, but he had the key, but yeah. when he was in the apartment. He let himself in. Right, yeah. I, I don't know what that is. If a B&E is breaking and entering, I don't know, keying and entering, K&E, <laughs> which reminds me of K&W, which is oh, that's the best <laughs> place, and there's nothing but old people, and it's so good. Um, anyway, uh, but no one was home when he, when he first went in, but eventually while he was there, Joe, Caroline Love arrived and Wallace actually tried to start making sexual advances towards her. Now I'm comfortable. <laughs> I, you know, he was just, I, 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 I don't know how long it took him to do that, but you know, it, it happened. Uh, Caroline Love told Wallace that she wouldn't tell his girlfriend if he promised to never try to do any of these advances and kiss her again. Well, this just pissed off Henry Louis Wallace. And he put Caroline in like a chokehold until she almost passed out. Wallace, at this point, then dragged Caroline Love to her bedroom, removed her clothes, threw her on her bed, and raped her while continuing to choke her in and out of consciousness. Love kept struggling during the rape. and. Eventually, when it was all said and done, Wallace used the power cord of her curling iron that was on her bedside table to choke her to death, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace then wrapped Caroline Love's body in some bed sheets and stuffed her into a large garbage bag. Now, I wanted to point this out. Mm-hmm. We have a household. Your mother lives with us. Yeah. Two kids. Mm-hmm. I do not have a body-sized trash bag around. I don't know how shit was done in apartments in Charlotte in the 90s. If Hefty made one size and it was all measured by female adults, I don't know. But apparently he did not have a problem finding an adult female-sized garbage bag in this apartment with two bachelorettes. But he found one. And he put her into the garbage bag. He was able to drag the garbage bag to his car without being noticed again. Something you ain't going to do in Charlotte nowadays. And with the fucking shit quality of these glad bags with the Febreze scents and the flex that I have. It a drug to goddamn... Hey, flex Yeah, you goddamn right. I'd have just had a fucking bloody gut trail. Because it said he drug her. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how far did he drag her? Was like the was his car parked against the door? Because I can't drag trash. <laughs> from Maybe he my threw her can. off the balcony like we did when we moved out of our second story. Oh, that poor couch. <laughs> that couch lasted though. Didn't somebody come and take that couch? Yeah, they got after it. After we had thrown it off? 
No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about the sleeper sofa. We that, did throw yeah. that off our second floor balcony. Yes, yeah, so we did come and together. And you remember free. the freakazoids that came and got that thing? <laughs> I don't know what they were in. It was literally like a Ford Pinto aggressively hate-raped <laughs> uh, a fucking uh, a, a Geo. Like the tracers? It was so bad. But I yeah, don't even know this car. And they car. strapped that shit onto the top On of their top. car with the thinnest fucking rope I've ever seen. It, and I was, and I, they didn't come back. But Likely a shoelace. <laughs> and I remember, you remember they, they were, because they were, they were talking to you about the purgatory, purgatory party. Place and I had no idea what the fuck well, they were talking like about. It's a BDSM festival that takes place in clubs around in our area. Mm. Where, like I said, we're near Charlotte. Um, and I mean, these people had no business talking to, not even to each other about sex, let alone propositioning others. And to anyone who, if you run purgatory or go to purgatory and and you listen to this podcast, Joe and I have never been to your fine party solely because these were the ambassadors that we fucking met and literally like there was, uh, there was two males, one female. And there was no more room for another adult in the back seat of this shitty car because of the trash. Uh-huh. The trash had literally almost formed into a body. <laughs> I was surprised they didn't buckle there the trash There probably was in. a body underneath there. We just, we, we, we dodged that bullet by not going. <laughs> I am quite sure. I, I really hope. And I, I hope the cops got them. So uh, anyways, yeah. He's, yeah, so he's, so, he's dragging so he, his he, body he, to his yeah, car. He drug the body to the car without yeah. being noticed. Now. Once Caroline's body was in the trunk, uh, which I spelled truck, I noticed that before you pointed out. Now, Wallace went back into the apartment, stole a roll of quarters, which I think that's 10 or 20 bucks, not not too shabby, Uh locked the door because he had the key and left the apartment. Wallace then drove Caroline Love's body to the Charlotte city limits, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina again, and dumped it into a ditch. Uh, now, when Sadie McKnight, this is Wallace's girlfriend, returned home to the apartment that evening, she was contacted by Kathy. Now, Kathy was Caroline's sister. And Kathy told Sadie that Caroline Love, that's the victim, that her manager had called in concern because Caroline failed to show up for a shift that wasn't like her. So, Kathy and Sadie try to locate where yeah, Caroline is. Friends, all that, yeah. Can't, can't, get, can't get a hold of her. Uh, so that at this point, they filed a missing persons report. Uh, Joe, I, I, it may be later in the notes. Guess who drove them to file the missing person report? Oh, probably Wallace. Henry Lewis Wallace. That doesn't surprise me. Drove the sister of his victim and the roommate of his victim, who was also That's his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. To the cops to report the missing body. So we already got a lot of narcissism going on Yeah, like he's not going to get caught. Right. Now, the police searched the apartment and said there was no signs of a struggle, obviously. Yeah. Wallace was never questioned, and and the case was filed. That was it. Uh, Per Wallace, however. Not surprising. (laughs) Do this part, because you've you've got the medical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so per Wallace, he returned to view Caroline's body twice. The first visit, he removed the orange trash bag, which is weird for me. I'm like, who has orange trash bags? But anyways. People like the prisoners. That's the only people. Exactly. 
Orange is my favorite color. Yeah. If there was orange trash bags, no matter how logistically ridiculous they were for our house, you know I'd have bought them by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You can only get them if you're in prison. <laughs> um, so he ended up removing that trash bag because the you know of a color, fearing it was too noticeable off a of Statesville Road. So if you know W. T. Harris, Statesville Road, he's like real on the outskirts, going towards Concord. Oh yeah, we we know all this shit. Yeah. So um, he ends up dragging her body into a nearby ravine as well. The second, or you know, I'm sorry, I should say he at this point in time he has said that her body was already stuck, uh, starting to look like leather or like an ET doll. And by the second visit, only bones remained. So he went, he was out there checking upon some shit. Yeah, he, he, he at least going was back to fearful. Look at it. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, due to no longer having a roommate, Sadie McKnight, Wallace's girlfriend, moves in with Wallace. So, Joe, that leads us to actually seven months later. Yeah. Uh, on so Febu- I guess them moving in together cramped up his style. Right, you know, or he'd gotten his fill. Who knows at this point? <laughs> but yeah, seven months later, we're now uh, February 17th of 1993. Now, uh, Wallace, as Joe just said, was still living with Sadie McKnight. Now, he visited teenager Shauna Hawk, who worked for him at the Taco Bell he managed. Uh, he visited, I, they chatted for about an hour, plus or minus, before Wallace went to leave. He's just hanging out with an employee or whatever. I guess he, it's very well known that he had a good uh, rapport mm. with people that he knew. Um, so when he went to leave, he hugged her and uh, out of nowhere mm. expressed his desire to sleep with her. God. Now, him being her manager... Uh, Shauna Hawk reluctantly agreed and actually led Wallace to her bedroom. She began crying after Wallace demanded her to strip down. Uh, and actually, per Wallace's confession, uh, Shauna Hawk cried during the entire time they had sex. Uh, fucking gross. Yeah. Uh, afterward, Wallace, after everything was done and dusted, Wallace told Shauna to get dressed and he, he kind of led her into her bathroom to, to, to let her get dressed. Uh, while her back was turned to Wallace, Joe, he choked her until from behind until she passed out. He then filled her bathtub up with water and put her body in it and left it there. Uh, so obviously she drowned being unconscious in water. Uh, he stole 50 bucks from her purse and left. Now, Shauna Hawk's body was found by her boyfriend. Um, yeah, the boyfriend's uh, last name was Kirkpatrick. Yes. Uh, and his, obviously her mother came home, noticed that she wasn't, you know, there, calls up the boyfriend, asks if he's seen her. She, he shows up. He's doing, you know, they're checking the most common areas. He decides to go down in the basement to kind of start a full house sweep. And that's where he finds her body is in the, in that tub on the basement floor. Yeah. And, and the, the, now the autopsy revealed, however, despite him, Putting her body into the water, I, I would imagine he assumed that he had just kind of choked her to a blackout status. Yeah. And was like, okay, she'll drown in the water. Boom. Mm-hmm. However, the autopsy actually revealed, Joe, that the cause of Shauna Hawk's death was lig- ligature strangulation. Mm. So she was dead before he put her in that tub. Am I correct in yeah. saying that? Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Okay, Joe, which... 
after the death of Shauna Hawk, we go another four months. Another little break. So in June or July, you know, roughly yeah, I couldn't pin down an exact date for this one personally. Yeah, so late July, early, or uh, yeah, late June, early July of 93, Wallace visited another employee, 24, 24-year-old Audrey Spain. Uh, obviously, if you're on crack, it's escalating, and so was his use. Um, well, he, he was ho- still working at Taco Bell. You've got, you've got, you've got polarities pulling here. You, this is a tug of war. Uh, well, I mean, I guess kudos for him continuing to keep his job. I don't know. Um, so and he, well, no, not on crack. I mean, I mean, we've we've all been there. I mean, we've all had, we've all really? looked, we've all looked at that taco that sat on the counter overnight and was like, should I eat it or? Maybe if I had crack, I wouldn't. Oh, God. But unlike Henry Louis Wallace, most of us, we take the plunge and we eat that soggy cold taco. Sure do. And we don't tell anyone else about it, especially on a podcast. <laughs> well, anyways, he, um, uh, he hopes that Audrey knew the combination of the safe at the Taco Bell he managed. Um, and after smoking and joint and chatting, Wallace threw Audrey to the ground and demanded the combination. Which I, I'm going to, because they always have the sign up like manager doesn't know. Yeah. They do it at gas stations and stuff too. Like they don't know the combination of the safe, which I guess, okay, cool. That makes sense. I, I've, I've, I'm not going to try to do not take this and go rob gas stations. When I was an assistant manager at a gas station, <laughs> I absolutely knew the combination, combination of the safe. If I'm not mistaken. Now, at your bigger end, I, I did work for a bigger retail one. No. Mm. N- but but I didn't know it. Fucking none of us knew it. Yeah. It was literally, we had a stick we had to run down into holes and stuff to measure what was in there. And then, like, a couple times a week, someone came and emptied it. We never fucking knew how yeah. to get into that safe. So I, I, I want to think it's the crack brain being like, she well, she'll know, know. She has to know. It. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I read this, I was like, why the fuck would you think she would know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, so, obviously, if she tells him she doesn't know, he's getting frustrated, and he begins to fucking choke her. Once she passes out, Wallace takes Audrey Spain to her bedroom and begins raping her. Um, you know, she obviously, she comes to during the rape and begged Wallace to stop and not hurt her. And after it was all over, Wallace told Audrey to get dressed. You know, this is kind of his M.O. And as soon as she turned her back to him, Wallace choked her out again. After she passed out, Wallace fashioned a makeshift rope out of a nightgown and strangled her to death at this point. Ladies, this is why all of you should sleep naked. That's that's all I have to say about that. There's there's nothing Good else. Job, Joe, John. Joe continued. That's just my PSA. <laughs> a little a little STD PSA. Oh goodness gracious. Um uh, after which he then showers the body to remove evidence, puts her in her bed, steals her credit cards, and then leaves. And despite the murders of Shauna Hawk and Audrey Spain having so many similarities, you know, such as no forced entry, young, black, killed in their homes, etc. No records indicate the police connected the two, and this was a big problem, um, especially after reading through the notes. Like, this is kind of indicative of cops at that time. Oh, it was a continuing issue that that luckily leads to some community outrage, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, because six weeks later, after everything that went down with Audrey Spain, Henry Louis Wallace went to the home of Valencia Jumper, who was a friend of his sister's. So now, I mean, he's getting fucking bold here. Yeah, uh, he And it's t- really weird how everybody's kind of cl- in a close-knit circle and nobody caught on. 
Well, I can't remember at which point I have the notes, but you're going to realize it wasn't just a close-knit circle of people. It's a logistically distanced close circle where all this shit took place. And I think what you want to about cops, no matter what fucking time period we're talking about, but this clearly was some fucking, either some shit police work that they just were not ready for. And again, me growing up in this area and seeing when Charlotte, I mean, was still a decent sized city, but it's in my wildest dreams now. as a kid who went to Charlotte in, in, you know, before I was even 10, I could not imagine what Charlotte is now. It is ridiculous. Again, I think it's, it's close to a top 10 U.S. city. It is, it is insane. Uh, maybe they just weren't ready for it. They were just growing too quick. Who knows? Again, that's, that's by the by. Uh, but yeah, six weeks later, after what happened to uh, Audrey Spain, uh, Henry Louis Wallace goes to the home of Valencia Jumper, who's a friend of his sister. Now, he told Jumper he needed someone to talk about uh, the troubles that he was having with his girlfriend, Sadie McKnight. Again, we, we said Sadie, she has no real involvement with any of this shit, but she is Wallace's living girlfriend throughout all this shit. Yeah. Uh, after they talked for a bit, Again, we established, like, if, if people knew Wallace, he had a rapport. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think any of these women had any earthly fucking idea. He did not give off these vibes. Because uh, yeah. they all let him in. They, they, and it wasn't like he just went in and started choking them. He sat down. He had drinks with them. He talked to them. This is a... That's weird. It shows so, he had no he had no nerves committing these. Crimes. No, and he, and he knew what he wanted to do. It's, yeah. I don't know. Part of me makes me feel like that he, he got off on the fact of talking to him and 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 going about everything like normal. When in his mind he was like, "I came here to kill you, and I'm going to kill you." Yeah. And then just like almost like the length of time of making them, and they have no idea. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Know. You know, whatever. But I mean, God knows what he was going on through this motherfucker's head. But after talking for a bit, uh, Valencia Jumper turned her back on Wallace to do something, and then boom, starts to choke her out. Uh, once she's blacked out, he drags her body to her bedroom, and uh, again, like Joe said, his his modus operandi yeah. rapes her. And after he's done raping her, he actually doesn't do the letting her get up and all that stuff. I I couldn't find out if she woke up during the rape. So maybe she was completely blacked well, out re- during all of it. I li- or actually read through the case file because it's already been released and it didn't say anything about that. About what? Um, about, um, what is this, uh, if he let her like come to or if she fought during that exchange. He really didn't talk a whole lot about it in the case. Right. So like I said, he could have done his deed and then killed her, you know, choked her to death with a towel. But that, that is what it is. Um, at this point, he, he breaks off. This is a guy who has who has an MO like Joe stated, but it's up not until enough. A point. It's up until a point. I just it's think the he same gets thing bored. And he's like, I wonder what it's going to be like to kill this person this way or mangle the body in this way. He, yeah, That's he, the experimentation he, it, in it. Exactly. I don't, I, I mean, who knows had they not eventually caught him? Because I'm going to tell you what, I mean, there are certain things that stay. I mean, he's called the Taco Bell Strangler. Yeah. The choking aspect stays no matter what. That's mm-hmm. his thing. That's his. He likes to kill by choking. But there's a lot of things that just start going kind of screwy. And this is where it really starts, Joe. Yeah. Um, he soaks her body in rum. 
Now I'm gonna imagine he's just dumping rum all over him. Yeah. And he started cooking uh, like a can of pork and beans on her stove. He just he just put the beans in the pot and set it to high. He then Joe removes the batteries from her smoke alarm. Then he sets Valencia Jumper's body on fire, takes all of her jewelry and any valuable possessions, and leaves. Now, Joe, police investigators Mm -hmm. ruled her cause of death to be thermal burns. Uh, Now, obviously, after his confession, once he's caught, they changed the report to strangulation. And I see your footnote there about shit job. Yeah. Explain that here. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say just shit job. It's actually shit law. Um, technically, if you put down a cause of death on a medical report and without any new evidence, it has to stay as like in this example, it has to stay thermal burns because there was no other physical evidence for, to garner that forensic pathologist switching out the cause of death. And that's the only reason it was never changed until the court case. Now, would there have been any way with her burned body to have still done an autopsy and seen that she was strangled? I to your knowledge, I'm asking off the cuff here. Well, my thing is, is that they should have actually checked her respiratory system. And if they didn't ha- you know, see signs of inhalation, then they should have went ahead and did a further autopsy. I think they just skipped a few steps and just assumed that she died. Um, so, okay, yeah. so you're right. So, because if she was still breathing when the fire was going on, she would have had soot, all kinds of yeah, chemicals. Yeah, there would have been evidence her lungs, inside her respiratory But she system. was already dead before the fire yeah. was ever set. So, she would have not brought in any of that into her. That's a great point. That's why I asked you that. Yeah. So, they basically was like, oh, sh- she burned to death and just kind of went with that shit. So, had they have been like, hey, there's been some funky shit going on around here. Yeah, at the, at our, if the cops had already been kind of linking things together, I think it would have put that forensic pathologist on a higher alert to, to have done, um, a st- you know, almost like a standard autopsy just to rule out homicide. But because nothing was linked up, somebody skipped a step. He did a shit job by not doing a respiratory assessment inside of a burning building. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate on this, because without doing the autopsy, the only thing that would link Valencia Jumper to any of the other ones was that she was a single black female, Mm -hmm. and there was no sign of entry. But he put that can of pork and beans on the stove, and... Clearly, I guess, I mean, obviously they could have, like, I don't know, can you test for accelerants? Would rum show up as an accelerant for setting the fire or would it burn off? I think it would, I think it would actually show up. I think there's actually like trace chemicals if you use any type of an accelerant. Right. So, I mean, again, we don't know how, how badly burned the inside of the home or the apartment was before they got there. So I play devil's advocate a little bit because again, apart from her being a single black female and there's no forced sign of entry. Unless you go digging for shit, nothing else lines up to his M.O. Mm-hmm. I give you that. I, I mean, obviously, in hindsight, and you and I can only look at it in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, okay, well, they were already doing kind of a shit job, honestly, and not linking shit together. So what's I the just make- always believe that it should have been part of just a basic assessment. I mean, you don't even require to do an autopsy if you just kind of just looking into their nares or into the back of the throat and see if they they inhaled any smoke or soot and went from there. I just think it was a little sloppy. That's well, all. And, and also, too, if, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I'm speaking off the cuff, too, because I've been watching a lot of unsolved mysteries with you <laughs> lately, 
which we've been going through the old school ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, Robert Stack. God yes, yeah. they're so good. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if a coroner, if they don't, if they, is the only way uh, for them to kind of leave things a lot more open is to list the cause of death as unknown? Yes. Yes and now, no. Now explain that because I know I'm being real generalized there. Um, I mean, if you say unknown, that means that you have no evidence on uh, in either direction, and it kind of le- allows the cops to be like, "All right, how much further do we want to investigate?" I know um, it's not; it doesn't leave a case open or shut, but it does matter if 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 a coroner or autopsy or whatever goes, "Hey, we're not quite sure how she died." It does have some impact. Yeah, there, there is an impact. I mean, because that means that there's further investigation that has to be done. Um, whether on his part and going back over the body or sending investigators on hey, be, letting them know, like, hey, we there's something suspicious here. Fair play. But, I mean, at least in, in the instance of, of, of Valencia Jumper, I, I, I mean, I think you're right in feeling the way you feel. But, I, again, this is completely off kilter for but him. But she's, she's a young lady in an apartment by herself where she's – and it's just a can of pork and beans. Did it look like she was trying to crawl out of a room? How was her body position? Like, there's there's all kinds of things that are, like, little small variables that if they would have honestly looked at it as just a possible homicide, they may have picked up on it. Not to jump down that rabbit hole, sorry. No, I, I agree with you, and I don't, I think most people would, but I would at least say out of all of the murders so far where shitty police work may have been attributed, I think, to, in, in my opinion, yeah. I, I'm not, in my opinion, this one... I understand the most, I guess. Mm, okay, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. So where does that bring us to now? Uh, so now it, we're we're going right into five weeks later. So yeah, on September fifteenth, Joe of nineteen ninety three. Tell us what happens. Wallace visits the home of twenty year old Michelle Stinson, who he had befriended as a customer at the Taco Bell he managed. Yeah, Michelle was a mother of two sons, aged one and three. Mm. After talking for a while, Wallace went to leave and gave Michelle a hug. He told her he wanted to have sex with her, but Michelle Michelle said she was sick and couldn't that night. Wallace then demands to see the medications she was on for her illness. Not, and not, not, not a good fucking look. Though. Yeah, no, no, I'm already worried at this point. Like, yeah. all right, motherfucker, sometimes I don't need to take medicine. What if that's the case? Right, like, maybe I just don't <clears throat> fucking feel good. That's every, uh, Joe, that's your favorite thing. <laughs> I don't feel good. We've I all been there, fellas, and, and Casey. <laughs> when our women don't want to throw down and they say, oh, no, just not, not tonight, I don't feel well. <laughs> I don't then go, well, where's your medicine? <laughs> Fucking Henry Lewis Wallace, you weirdo. Yeah, so while she's looking for the medication, Wallace forces himself onto her and uh, while on the kitchen floor. Um, during the middle of everything, Wallace ran to the bathroom, grabbed a towel, and tried choking Michelle to death with it. She kept gasping and fighting, and so Wallace then takes the knife from within the kitchen um, and ends up stabbing her in the back four times with him. He wipes his fingerprints off of various items with a washcloth and then flees. He ends up throwing the knife in the washcloth over a fence near the apartment. Now, Michelle Stinson's three-year-old son actually discovered her body. Fucked up here. Yeah. This is fucked up. Yeah, poor fucking kid. And then when a visiting friend knocked on the door, he was the one that answered it and said that his mommy was sleeping on the kitchen floor. Right, and I couldn't, I mean... I, to, to, if I'm being, I mean, unless all of us here, if we're being honest, 
I, I don't imagine the friend came. I would imagine Wallace went over at night, you know, and, and so I I wouldn't imagine that the friend came to the door. I mean, maybe she, the, the friend, he or she came the same night, but the most logical way would be that they came the, the next day. day. I would think so, yeah. And so, you know, at this point, I would imagine the one-year-old's in the crib crying, Yeah, three-year-old's walking around, uh, Wallace stabbed Wallace stabbed Michelle Stinson in the back four times with a kitchen knife. Yeah. Uh, it could have been a steak knife, could have been a butcher's knife. The, the best I could find was kitchen knife. There's blood. There's a puddle of blood. Yeah. So there's this three-year-old kid ambling about the house for who knows how long. And when a friend finally comes, he says, Mommy's sleeping on the kitchen floor. That's traumatizing. That's fucked up. You know, I, I hopefully not traumatizing to the three year old. You know, I don't remember much from when I was three. Yeah. Of course, this, hope. Yeah, this but... shit didn't happen to me. You know, this yeah. kind of shit. But yeah, that's so fucked up. So, so now, Joe, with, with five deaths occurring. Uh, in 15 months, this is what I, I was pointing out earlier, within a five-mile radius of East Charlotte, North Carolina, the black community was scared and, and obviously very angry. Fuck yeah, they should be. Uh, they felt that police uh, were not doing enough to catch uh, whoever was doing this. So the Charlotte Police Department, CPD, appointed Sergeant Gary McFadden as the lead investigator. The entire fall and winter of 93-94, Henry Lewis Wallace was inactive. Hmm. Uh, It is believed that this was due to a few things. Uh, Fathering a child, actually, with a mistress. Now, that's not Sadie. I dug, people, I dug. I had a a couple of really good fucking sources. Uh, one was the biggest one that it actually really dove into it. I wish I had it on the on my mind. I should have put it in the notes. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll put it in, in in on like an IG post or something if if y'all want to read it. Um, but yeah, the best that it said was with the mistress, and I don't know if Sadie McKnight knew about this kid. Okay, it's never really pointed out because her and. Uh, Henry continued their relationship from the best I could find beyond this point. So he has a relationship with another, or uh, has a child with another girl. Uh, also, uh, yeah, another. He's feeling f- that heat. Yeah, huh? he's feeling that heat. Right, and and again, there's the, the factor of the public outcry. Shit's hitting the papers. The talks on the street, and he was actually arrested for shoplifting. February 4th of 1994. He just keeps on layering shit into his life. I'm telling you. Uh, But this brings up an interesting point. Because it is also suggested that him being picked up for the shoplifting in February of 94 Mm. actually inflated his confidence, Joe, because he was arrested and released. So at that point, it's believed that Wallace felt slash knew that the, the, the Charlotte Police Department had no idea it was him that was committing these murders. 
Yeah, because they haven't been collecting evidence, connecting anything, doing DNA samples, fingerprints, anything. Well, to be so fair, on all they these, thought repo- about you know booking him or taking that information from him. But to be fair, on all these, I point out it's it's noted that Wallace is wiping his traces. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with you there too. So yeah. I mean, he's not making it easy on him. No, and mm-hmm. then the fact that everything seems to link up, and then suddenly. He dumps rum on a girl and sets her and her apartment on fire. And then the next one, because he couldn't choke her to death, he stabs her in the back four times with a kitchen knife. Yeah. Those aren't following the same pattern. No, they're not. No. You know, and, and so, again, so now he's he's gotten through this time period after after the arrest for the shoplifting and he was released and he's like, holy fuck. They have no idea. I'm, they don't even suspect that I'm doing this shit. Yeah, and it, and it goes to show you because only two weeks later, February 19th, 1994, Wallace, Wallace ends up visiting uh, Vanessa Mack, who was a sister of one of his employees at his Taco Bell. And after chatting for a while, Wallace asked Vanessa for a drink. And again, while she had her back turned, Wallace took a pillowcase from under his shirt and started choking her. Now, he wanted her bank card and her PIN number, which Mac, di- uh, Mac did give him. Um, Wallace ends up dragging Vanessa to her bedroom and rapes her there. Once he's done, he strangles her to death with a towel, and, plus like a long sleeve shirt. They kind of said it kind of wrapped up in one another, right. and then he leaves. Well, he tries to use her card at an ATM, but Vanessa had actually given him the wrong PIN number, or probably he just remembered it incorrectly because he was a crackhead. Well, hey, if during that moment Vanessa Max said, fuck you, I'll still give you the wrong pin number, good on you, yes, girl. Way yes. to fucking, that's fucking champ shit right there. Yeah. Um, her body uh, was found the next morning by her eldest daughter's grandmother. Um, there was no investigation notes about Vanessa Max's sister working at the same Taco Bell as the previous victims, Shauna Hawk and Audrey Spain. Right. So uh, to me, this is the biggest one that's a blunder. on this list that just, I'm like, all right, this is shit work here. And I know you had pointed that out earlier with, um, uh, uh, the victim that was set on fire. I'm scrolling back through. I'm scrolling back. Uh, Audrey. Valencia Jumper. Oh there yeah. We Jumper. Go. There we go. The, that one I I give him because shit had changed. I even give him a little bit of 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 a different or uh, a little bit of slack there when it comes to Michelle Stinson because of the the stab wounds. Mm-hmm. But you again, you got Vanessa Mack who fits all of the criteria. Mm-hmm. She lets him in strangulation, and then the fact that Vanessa Mack's sister works at the same Taco Bell. As Shauna Hawk and Audrey Spain, like yeah. I, I'm sorry, fucking. That's a fuck, bit too blatant. To yeah, be a, fucking. Oops. What was the shitty fucking little fucking shaky white sheriff guy on Andy Griffith? <laughs> Barney Fife. Barney. That motherfucker could have put this together yeah. by hell. Deputy fucking. Oh, oh, what'd they call him or whatever? Uh, he was in Scary Movie One. It was it was Deputy Dewey. From screen that they were ripping on, but they they played him up as a mentally challenged American citizen. Can't say the R word because you know fuck it, he was retarded. Uh, <laughs> he could have put this together. I I wouldn't. I don't even want to be a fucking traffic cop because I'm so fucking terrible at this <laughs> shit. And I could have put it together. But no one did, and this is after the public. And this is how drove. you're. This is how you're supposed to do an investigation, though. 
because your posts ask them where they were. You have to ask them if they had had any issues with anybody that they worked with or a possible customer or if they were assaulted on their way home. Like, come on now. Like, it, there's all these variables they should have fucking asked about. But instead, no, this was shit cop work. No, by this point, like the entire that entire Taco Bell should have been like wiretap. I know. And like three cop cars constantly getting fucking system, I'm surprised everybody at that Taco Bell was like, I am not walking outside past right? the door by myself. No fucking Buddy shit. Buddy system to and from your cars. No fucking shit. Now, Joe, mm-hmm. that leads us to two weeks later. Again, yes. And with his crack addiction out of control. Which and no I say fear- crack slash... Taco Bell a day. He was battling demons with demons. Yeah, I, I would. As a former very heavy person, I'd rather have a Taco Bell addiction. Taco Bell's delicious. <laughs> we should order some Taco Bell after this while I try to edit down this yeah, episode. Yeah, we were going to do that. All right, Definitely. fucking get on it. Yeah, let, yeah shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, crack addiction out of control. Check. No fear of the police. Check. Wallace goes to the apartment complex of his friend Vernon Woods. On March 8th, 1994. Now, I want to say this, because Joe, Joe glossed over the notes and helped a little bit. Motherfuckers tie in. This is where shit fucking gets... This is where shit fucking starts to really hammer down on the shit. Go ahead, Yeah, Joe. exactly, yeah. Um, he goes to his friend's home of Vernon Woods and with the plans of raping and killing Woods' girlfriend, Brandy Henderson. Wallace arrives and finds that Wood was still at home. So Wallace told Woods, hey, you know, that I need to leave. I'm leaving for town or leaving town. um, And I just wanted to say goodbye. Well, Wallace knew another person in the same exact complex that worked with his girlfriend, Betty Balkum. Yeah, his girlfriend, Sadie McKnight, Mm -hmm. worked with Betty Balkum. So again, he's... He's just he's keeping his shit way too fucking close. Way too close. Yeah. All in the family like a motherfucker. Yeah. So Betty was the assistant manager at a Bojangles. So Wallace thought that she might know the safe com- uh, combination. Now, he- I, I, I do want to point this out. A little mm-hmm. side note here. Because yeah. everybody listening don't got a Bojangles. If you're in the Southeast, <laughs> oh my God. Bojangles is... Next to Chick-fil-A. Southern fast food. It's Southern fast food. Boy, the little Cajun twist. Yeah. It's like Popeye's, but better. Oh, you blasphemous hussy. No, no, no. No, no, no. Hush, I'm not talking shit. Bojangles is good. Popeye's is good when you want something greasy. If you want something a little bit saltier and crispier, it's Bojangles. And if you want something greasy, I like greasier, Popeye's, Popeye's shrimp, actually. Crazy, crazy enough. I love their shrimp and fry basket. It's amazing. But Bojangles is, it's Carolina fucking to the fucking nah, core. No, nah, fuck that. Take me to the fish camp and get me some of them like itty bitty shrimp, the fried shrimp for the calabash. Wait, oh, you want to go to a southern fish camp? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the south. Yeah. You go If you ever visit America, Arna, <laughs> you go to the southeast, and we're going to put nothing but fucking lard and fucking... Breading. Right up that ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bojangles is a chicken restaurant chain. It is massively huge in the southeast of the U.S. I don't know how far it extends out in the U.S., but if you ain't from the U.S., you do not know about Bojangles. <laughs> and depending on what part of the U.S. you are from, you don't know about Bojangles, in which case I tell you, you don't want to live too far from a fucking Bojangles, because that Cajun filet biscuit is always on point, and so are them motherfucking bow rounds with the ground onion pieces up in that shit. I, at this point, it's going to be a fucking... Uh, Toss fucking, between gonna, Taco Bell and Bojangles Who's now? open when we're done with this is going to be it. But I did want to point that out. But yeah, Joe, go right ahead. 
uh, back into uh, the oh, unfortunate yeah. murder of Betty Balkum. Yeah, so um, he hits up Betty because she's that assistant manager, thinks she might know the safe combination. Um, you know, he ends up gaining entry by telling her he needs to use her phone for an emergency. And while pretending to look up a, p- a phone number in the phone book, Betty turns her back and Wallace strangles her. Now, for our younger dreadheads, a phone, phone books, book I know, right? was basically printed Google. Uh, some of y'all Within even your zip st- code or a couple of zip codes, depending on how bad or big your urban area is. Oh, yeah. Now, I grew up in a tiny town in, in, in South Carolina, and our phone book covered about three counties. And honestly, uh, it, it was like a fifth of the size of like the smallest Harry Potter book. <laughs> but yes, back in the day when it cost a lot of money to go online, if you had a computer and you didn't have any more of them AOL discs to get the free time online, you went to the phone book and you would look up things. And not only that, there would be numbers in that phone book that if you dialed, would still cost extra. I figured this out because after a school field trip, we met with some of our pen pals from various cities. And when I say various cities around, none of us were outside of a 40-mile radius. <laughs> and it's like, holy and shit, that's long distance? <laughs> my, my little chubby-ass self got himself a girlfriend at that meeting from a different town. And boy, did we have fun talking on the phone for about three weeks. Because then my daddy got the goddamn phone bill. <laughs> and her nor I knew it was long distance. And holy shit. Let's just say, who knows what might have been between me and I know I still remember her first name, Joe. It was fucking Carla. <laughs> Southern that may be. <laughs> she was adorable. You have impeccable memory, John. <laughs> oh, for shit that don't matter. <laughs> she, was, she was absolutely adorable. I was fat, but charming. And it was a great time to be alive until my dad got that phone bill. <laughs> and then after that, things just didn't work out between me and Carly anymore. And all because of that goddamn phone book that didn't warn me about all that shit. An actual long distance. So. Yes, literal long distance relationship. It would have cost less money for me to have fucking caught an Uber there now <laughs> than to have called her then. Yeah. So there you go, young dreadheads. Joe, back to you. Okay, so he ends up strangling her, um, you know, just to kind of get her to pass over. out. Yeah, so he's chucking her to death. Yeah, he's just, you know, causing her to pass out just slightly. He continues to man the combination, which Betty eventually does give him. He then drags her into the bedroom, rapes her, tells her to get dressed, and then strangles her to death at this point. Yeah, so, so now this we're is back previous, on the normal M.O. Here. Yeah, his original. So he uh, steals, the, uh, steals money from her purse and a gold chain from around her neck. And he proceeds to go ahead and take her TV and her car. Um, he ends up buying crack with the money he stole and smokes it all up. And then he went back to Betty's apartment, checked to make sure she was truly dead, and then proceeds to steal her fucking VCR. Now, back in them days, a VCR, that's like a computer. Yeah, I know, right? You can get some good, you can get some decent street money off of a VCR <laughs> back then. So he ends up pawning the TV, the VCR, and the gold chain, and he buys more crack with that that he immediately smoked all up. So, yeah, Joe, he, he's, he's stolen all these items, which is, is not his M.O. Now, he usually no, would still... He's getting little bolder. Bits, little bits here. Well, bolder or cracked out more. 
or really, really needing a fucking, you know... He's the hair of the dog. Triple layer <laughs> burrito or something. But, so, he's literally within the span of a few hours, he has stolen all this stuff from, from Betty Balkum's apartment. Smoked you, the, its equivalency. Used the cash he had on hand. <laughs> yeah. Smoked its equivalency. Pawned off her shit. Smoked that equivalency, Joe. Now... We're talking about 12 hours later. Now, when we're talking 12 hours later, we're talking 12 hours later from the point where Henry Louis Wallace originally showed up to the apartment of Vernon Woods on March 8th, 1994. He was thinking Woods was at work and that he was going to be able to rape and kill Woods' girlfriend, Brandy Henderson. Mm -hmm. He did all of his fucking terrible shit to Betty Balkum, used her money to buy crack, smoked it, Caught a power nap, went back to her apartment, made sure she was dead, snatched that TV and VCR, pawned it, took that cash, got more crack, smoked that, took another power nap, Joe. So now we're 12 hours later. And I'm wondering, is he still working at this Taco Bell? You're like, goddamn, he's he's been gone the equivalent of like two full 24-hour shifts at this point. Well, you know. Taco Bell is as Taco Bell does. You know, you live, you, you live by the fucking Enchirito, you die by it. But 12 hours later from that initial yeah. time of him going to Vernon Woods, his friend, Vernon Woods' apartment, yeah, he has now returned Joe to, to the, the apartment, apartment of Vernon Woods. Exactly. So at this point, you know, he knows Vernon was now at work and that his girlfriend, Brady Henderson, would be alone. Henry ends up telling Brandy he has to drop something off for Vernon, and she lets him into the place. He then asked Brandy for a drink and attacked her from behind. Wallace demanded money, but Brandy only had a Pringles can that was filled with change. What kind of Pringles do you think it was? I don't know. I really like If you're out there eating onion. original Pringles, you are a fucking sad can sack. Can you even get those? Yeah, you can still get original wow. Pringles. I'll, I'll tell you what, my brother Jacob... Big original Pringles fan. You know him. He's a picky eater. Oh, yeah. He's very picky. What's, what's your... I, I got to do it. What's your go-to Pringle right now? Probably you, sour cream and onion. Boy, the, aren't those great? Yep. Uh, mine's either going to be sour cream and onion or pizza. Yeah, the pizza. They got a bunch of new flavors I haven't tried because uh, yeah. I'm not a fat kid anymore. <laughs> but every time I walk down the aisle, I'm like, God damn, jalapeno fried pickle? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I reach, but I stop. It's a little different now, but I'll tell you what, if someone showed I don't want that stomach upset, I'm good. <laughs> no, nah, but but for real, like we're talking old school Pringle flavor, you can't touch that sour cream and onion or that pizza. Joe, you go ahead. I like to think they had sour cream and onion pizza Pringles. Ooh. And maybe the change smelled like it, <laughs> which makes me want some sour cream and onion Pringles. But that's not what Henry Lewis Wallace wanted, Joe, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. No, not at all. Um, so obviously he told her about, you know, told her a lie, gets into the place, demands the money. Um, then after he gets this can filled with change, Henry then forced Pringles can, uh, possibly sour cream and onion. All right. Yep. All right. Filled with change. (laughs) Filled with change. Back to you, Joe. So he then forces Brady into the bedroom and makes her undress. She's begging Henry to let her, uh, you know, go, um, so she can go hold her infant baby. No, no, you're not reading this right. Begged Henry to let her hold her infant baby. Dreadhead strap in. This is, this fucking sucks. Yeah, I knew, it, I, I knew it was happening. That's why but, I yeah. proceeded with the, the sour cream Pringles joke, which is not a joke. Those are the best Pringles. 
Honestly, at this point, I'm siding with you, Joe. <laughs> Sour cream over pizza. Sour cream and onion <laughs> over the pizza. That's that's the fucking... But now the salt and vinegar Pringles ain't bad either. No, they're not bad. They're not but bad. I, but, but I get my top. I get topsy on those too because like my mouth gets too dry. I love sour cream <laughs> or uh, salt and vinegar. Yeah. Uh, but but let's for real, dreadheads, fucking buckle. Yeah, in. buckle this, up, this, y'all. This is fucked up. Yeah. So she begs Henry to let her hold her infant baby. Henry agrees, and Brandy holds the infant to her chest as Hen- Henry Lewis Wallace rapes her. So so now. Do you think that I I look at it twofold? Like, did Brandy feel so threatened in this moment that she just wanted her baby close? You know, just just wanted it there because she had no idea how this was going to turn out. <coughs> Excuse us again, strep throat. But no matter how it turned out, she she wanted to be able to hold that baby one last time, or and I don't think I don't think either of my summations are incorrect. They're both awful, but not incorrect. Mm. Or do you think that she maybe thought that seeing the pureness of that infant there would stop him? I don't know. Um, uh, would you at least admit that both of those logically both, make some they're sense? They're both logically plausible. Okay. Yeah, it just. For me to Which be able to... Which is what makes it hurt so goddamn yeah, bad to, yeah. to read that. You know us. We're fucked up. We're the same thing, though. We're true crime freaks. We don't make these motherfuckers. We just find them fascinating. We talk about it. And we try to crack as many jokes as we can. You can't crack a joke on this. No. I'm not black hard enough to crack a joke on this. But when I was, I was like, what was going through her mind? Because to me, that was the two things I came up with was, hey, this, is, this could get really bad. No matter what happens, I just want to hold my baby one more time. Or maybe if he sees my baby, he'll fucking stop. But you also have to wonder, too, if um, she, especially you don't know how violent he was trying to get her to that back bedroom. The infant starts crying. She sees him getting even more, you know, um, visually disturbed, like more angry. She's noticing. Maybe it's her way from, she's like, okay, I'm trying to just save my baby. I don't want my baby to get hurt. a motherly instinct to yeah. protect the baby so mm-hmm. it doesn't which so is just as fucked up and sad as the two on. things i said yeah i know every scenario is bad there's I mean, no way and it's only bad because henry lewis wallace is a fucking monster yeah so obviously when he's all finished up yeah let's he, move on to this yeah, show let's yeah, move on yeah so he tells brandy to put the baby back into to its crib henry then strangles brandy henderson to death with a towel and wipes the apartment free of his fingerprints this entire time, the baby would not stop crying, and Henry started to panic. So they're obviously in an apartment complex. There's a kid screaming for its mom. Right, you're you getting got attention potentially above and below. You yeah. know, we've all lived in apartments. Even if you got a decent apartment, them them walls and ceilings and shit are thin. Yep. You know. So he gives the baby his pacifier, but it didn't work. Wallace then grabs a smaller towel out of the bathroom and begins to Fuck. strangle the infant. The baby sputtered and choked, but eventually stopped crying. And Henry, at this point, decides, all right, everything's taken care of, steals a TV and a stereo, and leaves the apartment. He pawns both of these items and buys more crack that he immediately smokes up again. 
and the bodies of Betty Bauckham and Brandy Henderson were discovered so closely in time this time around um, and in the same apartment complex that this finally caused the police to start linking these two, uh, you know, with the previous murders in the area. Now, now I'll I, say I, this. The baby did okay, survive. Okay. okay. Um, the dad came home. Vernon Woods came home. Um, and so you got some extra notes on that one. Yeah, yeah I read okay, it in the case I could study. Not, in the things I had. Was this just in the case file? Yeah, it was just in the case file. Okay, because yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, I think the baby passed out. Yeah. And, you know, because no. nowhere did I find And he didn't the suffer any died. brain damage either, even That's though, it, yeah. Fucking great. Fuck Henry Lewis Wallace. God damn. The, the fucking. And this is the thing is just you see escalation after escalation. Yeah. No. The burning of a body. Then we start stabbing. Mm-hmm. Then you fucking are taking you're you're taking out a fucking baby. Yeah. A lot of people, even serial killers, would have had this baby freaking out, and they would have just fucking abandoned. Yeah. It, yeah. But but Henry Lewis Wallace, we will never know the true monster he could have become. Because literally, if you if you look at everything we talked about, it is progression, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He just keeps progress. If unless everything goes as his plan, mm-hmm. the moment something goes outside of his plans, he adapts. He doesn't flee. He immediately fucking adapts because he's so addicted. It's, he's a, he's this addicted addiction to his crime and to oh, his yeah. need. Oh yeah, yeah. And to those fucking yeah but- cheesy. Crunch gorditas oh, and, and the crack. It's okay, before you go on that tangent, but I was just gonna say, um, Vernon Woods did come home from work, um, noticed that his his girlfriend was dead on the bed, then goes and looks for the infant, notices the towel around his neck, and luckily enough, you know, no brain damage and the infant did live. So well, I would that- say this if anybody listening to this is related or knows Vernon Woods, fucking way to be a boss ass fucking dad there, dude. And after seeing your, your girlfriend, sorry for your trauma, but after seeing your girl dead, your first fucking thought was, what's going on with my fucking baby? That's exactly the fucking man shit way to do it. And I'm fucking very fucking proud of you for doing that and holding shit down, brother Joe. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Yeah. So now the stolen car we, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, because he stole Betty, Betty Bauckham's car. car. He's been running, doing pawn runs, crack runs, yeah. and all this shit in her car. Yeah, so on March 11th, which I was trying to go back to see the actual date, but I couldn't see it because, yeah, that's tiny print. But on March 11th, Betty Bauckham's stolen car was actually finally recovered. Well, er- everything with Betty Bauckham and, oh, not, uh, I don't want to call it about it, Brandy Henderson. Henderson yeah. Took place within it's roughly 12. like a 12 to 14 hour period, but that started on March 9th. Okay, so this is just a couple of days later. He finally gets rid of it. it knowing it's not, that it's sorry, hot. sorry, he goes over there March 8th. Okay, and so. And this, so I'm going to imagine it's late at night. Obviously, yeah. that makes the most sense. So between everything that goes down with, with what he does to Betty Balkum and Brandy Henderson, by the time he's done doing everything to Brandy Henderson, stealing the shit, pawning, getting cracked. It could very well be late into the 9th, early into the 10th of March. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you know, roughly two, three days later, on March 11th, Betty Bauckham's car was Honestly, honestly, one to two days later, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all fingerprints had been wiped clean except for a handprint on the trunk. After Whoa. running the prints, the police had their man, Henry Lewis Wallace, 
obviously he'd been getting picked up for shoplifting and shit. Um, so um, after running the police, or uh, you know, the citywide manhunt began. Yeah, they're the, all looking for him now. Oh yeah, and, and where, the, what's where is he while they're looking for him, Joe? Ah, uh, um. It looks like he was committing what would be his final murder. Absolutely. Yeah, so He's Deborah Slaughter. He's not done yet. Yeah. Deborah Slaughter once worked with Wallace's girlfriend, Sadie McKnight. Henry knew Deborah smoked crack and tried to talk her into buying some with him. When she refused because she needed her money for rent, Wallace started choking her. After raping her, he then t- tells her to get dressed. He then, well, Wallace knew that Deborah always kept a knife in her purse, so he told her to dump it, and Wallace grabs the knife and the money in the purse. Slaughter screams for the police. Henny wraps the towel around her throat and chokes her to the floor. Well, she at least had enough instinct in her. She okay, starts De- hitting Deborah her. Slaughter was a fucking badass yes. woman. Yes, she was. She started hitting the, her feet on the floor, you know, just stomping, hoping to alert her neighbor below. Now, Wallace isn't able to stop her, and so he takes that knife that she had just jumped out, yeah, that, dumped that, out that, of his that purse. purse knife. Yep, and stabbed her 38 times in the stomach and chest. Again, an escalation. Yes. Uh, it, Panic. It, yep. Panic mode. I'm, I need to get out of this. Right, but his pan- his his fight or flight is not flight. It's fight. Oh, it is fight. Every Very time. Much, yeah. Uh, so he leaves that apartment and uses the money he'd just stolen to buy crack. He returns to her apartment where he smokes this crack. Yep. And afterwards, he grabs all the evidence and throws them away in a dumpster when leaving. I'll say this: even though she got or she got stabbed thirty-eight times, luckily within the first like I think one to three blows, it he had already got her heart and he had already gotten her lung. So at least it was a qu- very quick death for her. So luckily, dreadheads and Joe, <laughs> this brings us to. The arrest and the trial of one Henry Lewis Wallace, the Taco Bell Strangler. So the very next day, after he does this horrible, you know, shit to Deborah Slaughter, where, I mean, honestly, the most violent violent crime was the the 38 stabs into the stomach and chest. March 12th, 1994, Henry Lewis Wallace is arrested. He confessed to all 10 murders as well as two prior murders, Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wallace goes on trial in September of 96 after various delays involving choice of venue, DNA evidence, and jury selection. So, January 7th, 1997, Henry Lewis Wallace is found guilty for nine out of the 10 murders. And on January 29th, 1997, he was given nine death sentences. Henry Lewis Wallace is still currently on death row in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, Joe, he has confessed to more murders committed abroad while serving in the Navy. We'll never know. No. We're never going to know these. Um, It makes sense. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, but then again, everybody's always got their flashpoint. What was the the first one? You know what I'm saying? I mean, even you take someone as fucked up as Dahmer that we know about. You know, there still had to be that there initial murder. Yeah, there know? had to be the first one, but yeah, there's always some kind of build. You up. know, so we we don't know. We're never gonna know. Uh, and due to you know, obviously, everybody, especially when they're on death row, you got your appeals process. Whether we like that shit or not, it is what it is. 
but due to appeals, Henry Louis Wallace still has no set date for execution. Now, Joe, I feel like you added this note here. Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, let's cover that before we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. So, he has one other possible victim who's been This named. was one episode where I did all the notes, and Joe was had some time, mm-hmm. so she went through and just completely decided to obliterate all my notes oh, and make them better. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I thought it I'm teasing. So, this is actually new to me. I, I haven't seen this spot mm-hmm. until we did this episode, so go ahead. Yeah, so uh, possible victim Rita Maxwell was murdered in 1992. The family recently discovered that Maxwell and Wallace knew each other. The family has publicly come forward and has said that they believe Maxwell was also a victim of Wallace's, but Wallace has not um, confirmed nor denied it, Um, but she was the only one named after the fact. So uh, was she also in the, 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 the same region? So, from my understanding, yes. So, same vicinity, same neighborhood, maybe a few, like, common acquaintances. Um, and then I couldn't find a whole lot of details as far as her death. Fair play. I mean, we, we all know. I mean, if you're into true crime and serial killers and oh, stuff like that, you, you, you all know there's there's a ton. Obviously, I, 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 I mean, I grew up with a severely... Southern Baptist, big old fat mama, and Rishi, rest in peace. And literally everything, and Joe, the same thing for you, mm-hmm. you know, although, you know, different uh, upbringing, you never get caught for everything you've done. No, no. You never no. do. So if my mom found out, oh, this one weekend, John lied about where he was, he was actually out at a fucking party. And I can't believe we would do that. Well, Mama, since you're dead now, I can say this, and I, I love you. May you rest in peace. If you found out about one, you didn't know about three. Yeah. At least two to three. So It's any- like if you have cockroaches, you see one. You know there's thousands in that exactly. wall. Exactly. <laughs> so when it comes to serial killers, it's always tough to know. You got people out there, like we were talking about Samuel Little last week, mm-hmm. and we compared him to Henry Lee Lucas of, where they confessed to so many, it's not to say they didn't. Yeah. But it's 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 highly implausible. We just we just can't figure it's that out. It's hard to suspend disbelief. You know right. What I mean? And then and then you got plenty of people like you know where oh you know they're a serial killer but they only had five or six. Well, did they only? Yeah. You know, was that the only ones that fit a pattern? Maybe it's were the only there, ones they could remember. Right. <laughs> were, were there others that didn't fit a pattern because they hadn't figured out what their pattern was yet? Is there a learning curve, you yeah. know, for a serial killer? Who knows? Uh, but when it comes to Henry Louis Wallace, we, we, we have those nine convictions, and he's got nine life sentences. The motherfucker's never getting out of jail. Uh, through the appeals Just process. Sad and sad and sickening that he's still alive, though. Yeah, those yeah. families need real justice. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Some people I, not may not agree with that, and they feel like he's been serving you, his time you know being me. in I'm jail. A... But fuck that. He's on tax paradigm, and these families are still dealing with losing their loved ones, and this fucker's still alive, even if he's on, you know, fucking, he's eating mac and cheese behind bars. He's still alive. Oh, you know I me. Mean? I'm a, I'm a southern <clears throat> U.S. boy. Yeah, fucking kill him. Yeah. I'm all pro death penalty, especially at this point. Yeah, you got We've DNA exhausted it. This done. isn't this isn't going to be an issue where oh, you know, do we kill an innocent man? No, he fucking confessed. Yeah, it's all linked. It's all good. Fucking stop the appeals. Fucking 
give him the needle or the fucking the fucking you know electric cap, whatever the fuck we we do in North Carolina. Who fucking knows? Because tell you guys what, you North Carolina and South Carolina could not be more different. I'm a South <laughs> Carolina boy, uh, and he's in Raleigh, which is literally like the fucking San Francisco of North Carolina. So who I don't know what they fucking do up there. <laughs> But fucking roast or inject his ass and get him off of this dimensional plane and let the universe sort his ass out. Yeah. But yep, that was the episode about yes, Henry was. Lewis Wallace, the Taco Bell Strangler, part two of four of our first annual, and it will not be the last. I'm <laughs> loving this. Are you not loving it? I do. I am loving I like, it. I like highlighting that we're all kind of fucked up. I, I love... I'm wondering, though, if we have enough for, like, Asian American Month. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. I, at this point, we're going to go through yeah. all of them, and I, I love doing, but it's certainly... <laughs> Polish uh, pride or some shit. I don't know, but as a guy in the South, you know, uh, uh, Southeast, and of course, America in general, you know, you know, Black History Month's always a big thing. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll do like a pride thing or something. That might be, you know, another one. But yeah, we yeah. figured these other ones out. But I'm having a blast in Black History Month with Samuel Little, the fucking goat of fucking African American serial killers, <laughs> and then Henry Louis Wallace, who's a local dude who I had no idea about. And I- I'm I'm having a fucking blast so far. And these these next two, I think all of you are gonna enjoy. And I, Joe, I hope they enjoyed this one. I know, you know. We're just at the cusp of getting over the strep throat, but I think yeah, it was a great we'll be, episode. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have to clear our throats too often. <laughs> no, no, and I, I'm glad all of y'all tuned in and bared with yes, us. Thank y'all, and thank y'all and, for showing out last week and making Samuel a little real real successful. Absolutely, and I hope y'all show out this week because I'm gonna tell you what, man. Again, this is what we do. We we could bring y'all the main guys, but we like to dig in. And I know all of y'all listening enjoy that about us, and we enjoy doing that, and that's the way this podcast is going to be, hopefully, for years to come. And we loved uh, adding Samuel Lewis Wallace to our fucking repertoire of fucked up conversation topics that we've covered so uh, so far. So we hope y'all enjoyed it. Joe! Just to remind them one more time, if they're what is the exact best place to link up with Spread the Dread Podcast? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And for one more old time's sake, Joe, what are they going to find there? Direct links to the most popular podcast uh, streaming platforms, our social media, as well as our donation tiers and our merchandise store. Absolutely. If you can donate or buy merch, we would, we would absolutely love it. Obviously, we need it at this point. We have medical bills. <laughs> you know, we got strep throat, amoxicillin. <laughs> We're in the U.S. Medicine's not cheap. Uh, even you with make my, me e- even with my work insurance. So buy a shirt or a sticker or something, or, or send a donation. And then, of course, don't forget by this upcoming weekend, we are going to be sending out all of the five star super spreaders, spread the dread podcast free stickers. If you have not done so yet and want some free stickers. Go to Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. Give us a five-star review. Screenshot that some bitch. Send it over on IG, Facebook, or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com along with your mailing address. And we're gonna send you some free stickers. 
because we are fucked up and we're fucking family dreadheads and we love all of you. Joe, that's it, isn't it? Yes, that's it. All right, so let's close it out by saying dreadheads. (laughs) I'm John. And I'm Joe. And we appreciate you listening, no matter if it's morning, noon, or night. Do exactly what our man Jack Torrance says. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?